Okay, welcome everyone to a very special episode of We The Scenario. I'm your host, Tony Siona, alongside the incomparable Miss Maggie B. Now, I have no clue where to start when it comes to our guest today. It feels like we're in the presence of a legend, a native oh, of Chicago, oh, Illinois, with a rich and truly intriguing history, plus a resume that will change the way people think about their own situation. Please join us in welcoming Sir Kirk Lawson. Thank you for coming on the show today, good brother. All right, all right now. It's good being here. It's good being Thank here. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. As, as usual, we get started with Miss Maggie B. Miss Maggie B, please take the floor, my dear. Awesome. Thank you again to Mr. Lawson for joining us today. And um, you can call me, you call me Kirk. Okay. Thank you, Kirk, for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Um, to get started, can you just talk to us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then what inspired you to come on the show? Well, I'll take the last one first. Um, I, I came on because uh, a lot of times uh, youth or young people think that, that people all of a sudden became who they are as if they came out of a microwave. Um, and all of us, all of us uh, who have lived any, any bit of life understand it's, it's a process. So I thought I would come on. I used to, uh, in Chicago when I was self-employed, used to run youth motivation program for a high school in Chicago. And oh, every three months we would, I would get together a bunch of people from uh, different fields, doctors, engineers, consultants, you name it. And they would come in, it, we would go to four or five classes and they would speak as to what got them where they are. So, and that was important because again, uh, people need to understand that just because you're a, a doctor, there was a role that you had to take uh, to become that. Um, and I, I've been through a myriad of experiences in life it have chosen not to almost outside of staying at Oakland Unified. That's the longest time I've ever been on a job in my life. Um, uh, that uh, I, I just uh, got, I, I received a good education and I was able to apply my education going forward. So that's essentially why I, I'm here talking today. Um, going through a process of, of going into retirement from, from the school district after uh, a number of years, uh, I, just to kind of place it, I graduated from college in 1973. So uh, it's, it's been a while ago and, it's, it, and it just came a time for me knowing that it's time for me to sit my tired behind down. Okay, so that's, I mean, it's talk, you guys can talk about or ask questions about the, the various uh, jobs that I've had or experiences I've had. I'll, I'll happily share them with you. All right, yeah. Um, what was your experience like um, in high school and growing up in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Well, grew up in the 60s. Uh, 60s were an interesting time of the year, uh, an interesting time of, 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 of uh, just a period of time that was, it was moving into crazy. Um, didn't have cable TV, we had four stations. Didn't have remote control, so you had to get your behind up and walk over to the TV if you wanted to change the channel. Get, given that, um, there was still a lot going on. If you look at me, um, as someone in San Francisco asked in City Hall with a complaint about me uh, not giving up a parking space, and they were trying to ask who, who described the person, and, and the woman said, "I don't know if he's a if he's a white black man or or a black white man." 
Okay, so it was, it's, and you can see I'm, I'm fair complected. Um, I happen to have blonde hair and blue eyes. So it, it leaves for question uh, as to who I be is, okay? Um, and, and I know when black folks come up to me and ask me, what are you? And, and I can quickly, as I was explaining a little bit earlier, have comebacks. I'm a man, what you wanna know? Uh, what, what, what race are you? I'm a human. You know, uh, what nationality in America and what do you want to know? I mean, and, and people can, uh, black folks especially can, after a bit, if they don't understand, they can hear from uh, my expressions um, and the way I assault them with their, with their questions as, to, as, as my, my, um, my, my race, if you will. Um, white folks will ask, uh, uh, how did you get this way? And I'm saying, oh Lord, I got to do the birds and bees. And I finally had to go back with one, one person who I told was black, how did you get that way? And I said, well, my great, 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 great grandmother was, was a, a slave and, and a, a slave master decided to possess her. So, and that's what created my line along the way. Um, Chicago back in, in the sixties, um, there was a, the assassination of, of Kennedy which stopped the nation. There was an assassination of, of MLK, stopped the nation and caused race riots. Uh, Malcolm X was, was uh, killed about 1965. So there was, it, was, it was a tumultuous time. Plus there was a lot of civil rights going on down in the area where I'm living now and in Alabama, Mississippi, all around. Um, and we were able to see on the news where you, I think you've seen maybe Bull O'Connor and dogs chasing uh, with, with uh, uh, young college kids or, or actually neighborhood kids and college kids being, being chased and bitten by dogs. So it was in this environment that, that I grew up with in, in that national environment, but Chicago was, and it, it was noted for its racism. Um, we, we uh, there, uh, Chicago is, is uh, a collection of neighborhoods and um, black folks did, you knew not to go into white neighborhoods at certain times, um, get you behind whooped, and they knew on the other side not to come over and, and, mess, and mess with us. That left me, and, and I was, was raised Catholic, um, and, and this may be the, the tuition, the cost of tuition will blow people's minds. My family, there was five of us, we were in, uh, in elementary school and it cost us $8 a month to go to <laughs> all five of us to a, a, a Catholic school. Um, that was the tuition was cheap. Um, I, I knew that in, in my home, I was, it was just accepted that I was supposed to go to college. I knew that if, and I could see from my friends, my non-Catholic school going friends, they weren't really getting educated just from the way we interacted in the neighborhood. Um, my parents couldn't afford the, the, the Jesuit school, St. Ignatius, um, ran into, well, there was a, 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 one of the uh, first black Catholic priests were in, in, uh, in Chicago was at my parish. And I guess I, he became a mentor and didn't know if I really wanted to be a priest, but I knew that the tuition was affordable, $125 a year, and St. Ignatius was $800 a year. Um, I, I could go there, end up going to a, a Catholic seminary. And you, you, if you want to talk about uh, 
holy people being racist. The kids that I, I went to school with, um, they came out, and these weren't these weren't poor kids. These weren't poor white kids, but they they were they had learned racism. So um, there was a whole bunch of uh, mutterings of nigger all the time. Uh, to the out of two thousand kids, there was a hundred of us black folks there. And one of the things I was proud about that we did integrate uh, in the school. We didn't really cloister ourselves at the same lunch table as sometimes it would, would have been much more comfortable. So uh, it, was, it was an interesting time going to a, a, a school. In fact, the first year I went, uh, the, the Catholic, uh, the, the seminary wanted us to go to school on Saturday and be off on Thursday because they did not want us partying the night on Friday night or Saturday. Uh, so to keep us away from young ladies. Okay. So you went to a school where 99% of the students went off to college, but then mm -hmm. you were told um, that you were going to end up, quote unquote, driving a bus. Mm -hmm. well, who, who told you that and what was your reaction? To I, I, I think that uh, um, I, I, even to this day, I am not a whiz at math per se, algebra, trigonometry. And this again was before calculator. So we had slide rules and God knows what I was supposed to do with a damn slide rule. It was uh, an instrument that you, it was like the, the first, the, after an abacus, there was a slide rule to uh, do major mathematics. Um, I, didn't, I didn't do that well in high school because my parents were separated. Uh, and that was tumultuous at home uh, with all the upheaval, the, the, the hell raising and, 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 and the unhappiness. Um, I, I didn't do that well in my neighborhood because as the civil rights movement came alive, um, there was this white Negro living amongst them. So it was, uh, uh, I, I was uh, teased if you will on occasion. Um, and then going back to high school. So I was, I was in, uh, I wasn't, uh, uh, psychologically ready, I was in my own world most of the time. So they, they, in frustration, they told me, uh, just ex accepted that the, I wasn't doing well. My, my C minuses weren't that good. And um, I, I guess I just sat there most of the time uh, uh, in a daze. So um, it, was, it left me somewhat insulted, but I also, I think I appreciated they were trying to motivate me, but that wasn't the motivation. Kids nowadays, there was no counseling back then. It was uh, uh, tough it up and survive. So I, I wish that I would have had counseling back then. Is that a mistletoe over your uh, shoulder? <laughs> no, it's actually a bouquet of dried flowers, but oh, it does kind of look like mistletoe. <laughs> oh, okay, so you're the voodoo. Okay, good enough. <laughs> I'm no, teasing, Maggie. I'm teasing. <laughs> It does look like it's Ohio. I have a lot of these in my house. Oh, uh, you're in the voodoo. Okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Man, so somebody said you was gonna end up driving a bus. That mm -hmm. seems like they were being they were being ruled purposely. Uh, well, it's it's it, I, I I tried to spin it off into um, uh, uh, motivation, but it 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 uh, uh, didn't make me feel too good. It didn't make me feel too good, but it planted a seed in me to get even and, and, to, and to show them later, figure out a way to show them. Wow, that is some dark motivation, but yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, can you talk to us about your experience marching with MLK in Chicago? Whoa. That, I mean, I can almost walk back to those days of, of just not, I mean, there was one or two days behind King, but just, just civil rights marching around because there was um, a neighborhood called Marquette Park, which um, a lot of my uh, classmates grew up in the parishes there. So there, it, it was basically a uh, um, Slavic, Lithuanian, Polish neighborhood. And um, they, uh, I, I don't know how quite to describe them without being too negative, but they, they, were, they were strident. And I mean, uh, they did not want, I mean, there were, there were billboard signs in the neighborhood, niggas stay out. Okay, I mean, it was just, uh, it was just understood we, you should not be over there. Um, and so I, and, and the, uh, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier that in marching behind King and, you know, we're singing We Shall Overcome and all the, all the songs back of the day and, and marching through the neighborhoods and they did not want anybody of color moving into the, in, into the neighborhood. And I, I remember there was one time, I mean, there was, that was on the march that there was a, a firecracker or some sound and they, they had, they, we thought King had been shot. Uh, so that, you know, there, it was a quiet murmur, but then the word came back that he was all right. It was a firecracker. Um, but, and then they had, to, I think they must've had uh, three or four bodies on top of him protecting him. But as we continued to march, somebody, some, some white boy, uh, uh, brought out some phlegm from his throat and spit on me. And um, we, we were trained uh, be ahead of the march to, to, to non nonviolence, if, if you got knocked down or anything, to go into a duck and cover. I was ready to be knocked down, but I was not ready to be spit on. And I, I left the ranks and I went three or four deep, uh, whooping me some behind. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I got me away for I can't even apologize for doing what I did. If he had not spit and only said something, I was I was ready to take. I could take the verbal abuse, but the spit I couldn't. Um, and I was quietly after asked after that day, please don't come back and march with us. We'll find something else for you to do. Um, and, and it was interesting because uh, not my brother was the executive director for the Catholic Interracial Council. And part of his role when King came to town, he would drive King around. And I was trying to get with him to sit in the front seat and be the, uh, a, a gopher or whatever, but I, I never got that opportunity. But it was, it was a heavy time. Um, you know, King came back and forth to Chicago, even lived there. And um, it blew his mind because it was racist. I mean, it was much more racist than what was, it, it was maybe as bad if not worse than the dogs. Uh, coming out in, in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that that, that has mm -hmm. my mind racing because I know the type of person I am. Mm -hmm. It would have been on the top and I would have been right next to you going yeah. three, four deep in there. So yeah, those are a lot of obstacles you had to face, man. Considering everything that you have been through and the experiences you had, how did you decide what to do for a college major and that would make a difference well, in the world? It, it was an interesting time too, because during the 60s and, and early 70s, the Vietnam War was on. Um, 
But I knew after high school, I wanted to do a bunch of things. I knew I had a year uh, to get out and work a little bit. So I, I worked 10 jobs. I took all sorts of, of jobs, got tired of them going to something else. Um, uh, uh, one of the jobs I was a, a punch press operator and that's a punch press for those don't know. It's the big, like a guillotine uh, press that comes down on an object. And when it comes down, they had a harness around me and it would snap me back. I'm 150 pounds now. I was about 120 pounds then. And that damn thing had me spinning around. Um, uh, again, talking about the, uh, and I'll get to the college in, in a second, but th there was, and I was explaining to you earlier that I, I'm, I'm not a saint. There was a guy that worked on the floor with me and um, he kept on teasing me, teasing me. He, he would take an air hose and, and uh, mm -hmm. one time he uh, poked it in near my rear end. I ain't gonna say he poked it up. I mean, it was just, it was a horrible experience and I kept on telling him to leave me alone. And finally, the day that he came up and, and sprayed my ear, I had, I had um, I don't know where the mallet came from, okay? But there was a mallet nearby. I snapped, snatched the mallet and pretended to be crazy and knocked the hell out of him. I thought I killed him. I hit him in his forehead and he went down, big old uh, knot came out. Um, but I was able, and everybody said, they told me, next time this happens, please come tell us, don't let this happen. All those jobs like that had me, uh, and in the Vietnam War, because there was a draft lottery back then, had me apply for college. So I did go to Chicago State. It was, it had grown into a university, it used to be Illinois Teachers College. Um, and it just finally kept growing and kept growing. And I knew somewhere along the line that I wanted to teach. I just, that called me. So I ended up at Chicago State, a, a, a basically a teacher training institute um, and, and went to school there. Um, my, my freshman year there, um, I worked my behind off and I got on the Dean's list with a, a 3.5, 3.7. And when they gave me that certificate, that's when I went back to high school. And I went to that teacher and I explained to him what, what harm he had done. And there was also a blessing in that because um, I, I wanted to prove that please don't tell any other black student or any student what, you know, don't, you know, don't denigrate somebody that way. Um, and even it, it left such a bad taste in my mouth after going to Chicago State um, and I got a teaching position. I was at $13,000 a year, which is, was a lot of money back then for, for 12, eight, or eight or nine months. Of, I brought my first uh, paycheck out to them and, and, I, and I was making 13 and some of these people were still making six or $7,000 a year after 25 years of teaching. And, and it was nana, nana, nana. I mean, uh, I, I look back, maybe I could have done that a little bit better, but um, I, I just had to um, put it put it in, I was gonna say, put it in their face. I put it up there behind, that's what I did. <laughs> Man, I have a quick question for Miss Timms, Miss D.W. Timms. Uh, she says, do you see any connection with what happened in the past to what's happening with the BLM movement now? It's it's all a continuation. Um, I mean, it, it's it, it the, the civil rights movement. I mean, it's it's 
the black life, I mean, it's it's once again, it's it, it came sprouting out of the civil rights movement. People have always been complaining. Um, the, the, the black life, I'm so proud of the black lives movement here. And I, I love the fact that that there that everything it, you're able to coalesce very quickly and plan and do and stand up um, uh, without a lot of uh, old farts trying to tell you what to do. Um, it, it's uh, there's there's a, a genuine authenticity about the movement now that that has uh, it leaves a good taste in my mouth and 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 proud to know. That, that people are out doing what they're what they're doing. Um, I mean, there's the, 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 maybe the, the, the caveat that that I would have, um, and I just saw in in uh, I, I get the the New York Times and the Wall not the Wall Street but Washington Post and a few other publications online, and what is disturbing is that when when we were arrested back in Chicago and in the civil rights movement, um, they, they didn't charge people with misdemeanors. Um, and, and I know in Minnesota, they, I mean, it was just, they upped the ante and when you get a misdemeanor on your record, it takes a little bit more to get it off. It, it, makes, it makes one look more like a criminal. Um, and I don't know uh, without, without trying to uh, take the air out of a balloon, but I just, I just would, would warn, warn people, just be careful and as best you can obey what the police say or, or, or as my mother would say, stay out the way, stay out the way. I, I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago when there was a protest in um, Baltimore and a mother came out and, and snatched her son and whooped his behind all the way back to the house. That was my mother. Uh, there was something that happened in my neighborhood. My mother always would tell me, go away from trouble, go away from trouble. And I went down to see the trouble. My mother was whooped my ass, uh, whooped my behind all the way back home. I mean, and that I could just and, and it, it 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 taught me when I was up at King of States, there was a boy up there that stayed in trouble in the lunchroom at 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 at, uh, uh, at lunchtime. And and I and I and he would always and uh, the assistant principal would always blame him for the trouble. And I said, boy, take keep your ass away from there. You can go over across the lunchroom and stand on the table to see what's going on, and you won't be in trouble. Nobody's going to tell you to go up the table because of the ruckus that's going on. So it's it's also, it's taught me to to kind of uh, again complexion because if everybody can identify me, to stay the hell out of the way. And I would just with the Black Lives Movement as best one can stand up with dignity, but uh, uh, um, try to try not to get a, a, a police record. Try not try not to get arrested. Yeah, thanks for touching on that. Cause yeah, mm -hmm. it's crazy to see everything that's been going on this year with the pandemic and everything. But still, um, a lot of us have been able to come together for the Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, 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 your your voice faded away. I think I think I'm reading lips well though. You through the Black Lives Latin. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay, can everyone hear me? I just want to check real quick. Okay. Um, so I have a question um, from Dwayne. Dwayne wants to know, in your opinion, how important is it for Black men to become teachers in urban America and why? Wow. One, 
one of the significant things, uh, kids want to be able to identify with their teachers. Um, there, there are a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, conscious white folks out there with, with, with black kids, but black kids need to be able to identify um, with, with their teachers. I, I know that, um, and I'm very proud of it, uh, uh, that when I, I taught, and I, and I taught for about seven years in Chicago, um, that, and, and I got to the point where they, I, I became a master teacher and, and, the, and the kids wouldn't call me Mr. Lawson uh, because I, I was lovingly rigid and had, I had my rules of the road. My name was Law. And, and that was, I mean, and they, they knew, and it was like, if I had to go to the bathroom or do anything, don't hang off the lights. They didn't have to get subs for me in there because I, I just don't embarrass me. I, I kind of raised them as, as, my, as my, my parents. Don't, don't, when you leave this house, don't, don't come back here with somebody talking about you. Don't embarrass me. And I instilled that in my students. Um, and I think even today, I, I've still, up until maybe 10, 15 years ago, I had oh, about, about 10, 15 students that stayed in touch, and most of them have gone on and done well. So um, it's, it's very important for them um, to see. I know uh, that uh, um, teaching doesn't pay as well as other professions, um, and that was one of the reasons why I left teaching. Well, I also wanted to do, exercise some of my other skills. But it, uh, it, but it, it is important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when you were in college, you were going through kind of a lot of personal family tragedy, things like that. So how did you find strength and resilience to, to kind of continue on your path while all that was going on in your life? It's a, it's a great question because it, it, it uh, um, I mean, it, it's, it was keeping my eyes on the prize. It, I, I, my, my parents put me through, uh, and my parents weren't, were below middle class, if you will. They were uh, working class people. So they put me, they put me through elementary and high school. Um, I put myself through college. I'm very proud of that. And I worked two jobs um, with, with my, my, my father having uh, uh, colon cancer for a, a couple of years. And there was times that he was in the hospital that I would work the two jobs, go to school, and I'd spend the night in the hospital with him. Um, and that, I mean, I don't, I, to this day, and I, you know, I'm not, not to brag about it per se, I don't know how in the hell I did it. Um, I, I, I know that on the weekend, on, on Friday, Saturday, I think I slept most of the weekend. Um, I mean, just, and, and I don't even know how, uh, I mean, I, I would just kind of, uh, when I, one of the jobs was at the post office and um, th they would, uh, um, uh, wonder, they thought I was, uh, and, and this is the inappropriate word using now, but they asked me, are you retarded? I mean, because they would tell me to, and the post, when you work, sometimes when you work with the government, you have to do something to get fired. If you do absolutely nothing, they leave you alone after a while, they just go on. And I found ways to, to uh, uh, go study while I was working at the post office part-time. 
Um, and then I worked on campus as, as that. I mean, it was it was difficult. Um, and and then losing losing my father, um, um, it, it it was tumultuous for my family because um, I had done everything that I could for him, and I did not I did not go to the funeral. And my my family, my sisters, uh, I'm I'm uh, the, the youngest of five, an older brother, and three older sisters, and they were pissed at me because I didn't want to go to my father's funeral. And I, I said, you go, I've done everything that I needed to do with him. I made peace with him. Um, I didn't want to be bothered with people coming up to me and, and doing the normal funeral talk. I knew, I understood that they needed to do that. I just didn't need to hear it. So, um, I mean, it was, it was a, a I mean, and friends of mine, uh, the, uh, I had, oh, um, probably, 10, 12 people that I rotated houses during the week to, to stop by conveniently at dinner time to get me something to eat. So I rotated in and out and people were people were helpful to me to feed me and sometimes they'd slip me money. Um, I know what I know what deficit spending is because um, I was about $30 short every week on what I needed. I was constantly borrowing and, and balancing stuff just to get through school. But I kept my eyes on the prize that I wanted to graduate, that, that, that things were going to be better once I got a, I was college educated. Yeah, so given everything that, that you've already mentioned that you went through, um, how, what has been your journey like with mental health and seeking therapy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't mention in my biography, I didn't, I didn't mention, I've been married three times. This is my third marriage. Married uh, a, a woman in college, um, and uh, Lord, I, I look back and go, "What was wrong with me?" And then I, I I look back, and there was one evening. I mean, she was somewhat of a for for me, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes or be chauvinistic. A drama queen, uh, and she. Uh, was upset with me and ended up taking um, uh, a bottle of Simonex and and then ran out of the house and I couldn't find her and uh, end up, I mean, called the police. The police were looking for, uh, uh, finally found her uh, two blocks away under a car in a parking lot. And so I had to take her into, into the hospital. And uh, I mean, and I, I mean, it's, I don't know how I got her in the car and I got her to the hospital and had a carrier in the emergency room and, um, and explained what had happened. And, and, um, and, and it was interesting because once I transferred in and they took her in the emergency room, I fainted. And, uh, and all I could hear was my mother, get off that floor, get off that floor. You don't know what's been on that floor. And I, I mean, I bounced on the floor and stood up because of my mother's, just hearing my mother, don't get off that nasty floor. Um, and she would all, my mother was a nurse, so she, she would always talk about diseases in the hospital. Um, so that left me, you know, as, as time went on, I mean, I, when she came home, I didn't want to leave her alone because I didn't know what the hell she was going to do if she was by herself. Um, and we finally got it where she just needed, she, we separated. She came to, moved out to California, down to LA. One of her cousins was uh, trying to be an actor, so she came to live with him and she applied for a divorce. Thank you, that was a, it got me out of that marriage. But 
as I went on, and I'll get to um, getting to the mental health aspect of it, um, I dated another woman that was, um, I mean, you talk about, she was a vegetarian, she was uh, spiritually minded, she was just, and in the neighborhood, um, everybody knew Denise was like a holy woman. Um, Denise was, I was her first boyfriend, uh, first significant boyfriend. Uh, and out of that significance, we had done some things that were novel to her. I was her first, first man. And she felt in conversation that she needed to live life a little bit. And I wanted her, you, you, you don't need to just be one, one, one person in life, even though that's what religious people say you're supposed to be. But I said, you know, go do what you have to do. And if God wants us to be together, we'll be together. Oh, six months after we separated, um, I don't know what happened, but she put a gun in her mouth and blew her brains out. And that, I mean, that, 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 that shook me. I, I went home and visited my mother and I was kneeling next to my mother in a chair and all I could do was weep on her chest. I just, and she just patted my head. It was, it was horrible. And I, I was left with the taste, what the hell is going on in your life that you are attracting these people? What are you doing? What are you saying? Um, and, and I just, I, 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 didn't, I didn't even know how to be guilty per se. Um, I just didn't know. So, um, and now I frame it, um, when I used to do my SARP hearings at, at the school district, uh, counseling is having someone go hold your bucket. And if you have the confidence in them, you can tell them anything. And then as you listen to yourself, and as they ask questions, you're able to sort stuff out. Um, and I, I, was, I was helped along the way, um, somewhere along the line that was told that I had a messianic complex or a messiah complex that I could save people, whatever. I mean, and I, to this day, I don't quite know um, but it was, it was some quirk in the women that I was attracting that needed to be saved. Um, and I had to, and I, I just, I had to just stop dating for a while to see what was going on with that. So I, and I went into therapy over that. And then, uh, in my second marriage, come to find out, uh, when I was, was here, um, uh, moved to, when I moved to California, my, my, my second wife come to find out she was, I was working a, a tremendously stressful job and I couldn't quit it. And uh, it was a political job, I just couldn't quit it. And she was at home, um, not able to work, but come to find out that she was depressed and, and looking back on it, she was uh, using the, uh, a suicide hotlines. And I'm going, oh, doo doo, oh shit. Uh, here we go again, what am I attracting? So again, back into therapy to rinse off. And, and it took me, after we separated, it took me two or three years to begin dating again, um, going through spiritual practices, meditating, you name it, hiking. Um, I left the job and took three or four years off. I, I'd saved enough money that I was gonna buy a house, but I needed to, to um, uh, just to, to, to heal myself. So that's, that's, I mean, it's for therapy, I, I suggest therapy for anyone. You, you, you're not necessarily crazy um, uh, per se. You just need to have somebody hold your bucket and help you 
get through uh, passages through. Okay, first off, we're not just going to roll past that answer. So I'm going to take a deep breath on that because that was very deep. And uh, I'm going to send my condolences out to that situation. Mm -hmm. powerful. So, uh, yeah, my heart is pumping. It's racing right now, man. Just hearing mm -hmm. this kind of game is just really intense. So mm -hmm. I can see all of us taking it in as we're into it. So uh, thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I have Robert uh, asked a quick question. He wanted to know if there was... Uh, any pearls of wisdom you want to share considering the fact that you worked in OUSD and what we're dealing with because you held space in bringing resolution to families and students mm -hmm. in conflict? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, um, I don't know if you saw, I attached to uh, some, some um, guiding principles. I mean, the, the, the pearls um, th that I have, and I, I, I sat down and I tried to uh, come up with, and it's the first time I've done this, a framework as to how to, how one should live their life. And 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 first and foremost, it's it is to to keep your word, be in, in integrity. Um, it's just when you give your word, you give your word. If you say you're going to be someplace, be someplace. Um, uh, understand if you look at yourself in the mirror for a while, and then. And then as, as you're out and about, look around at, 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 at creation. There ain't but one of you or one of us in this world. And, and begin to ask yourself, why am I here? Why in the hell am I here? And it took me, oh, I don't know, 40 some odd years. I mean, and all the, and I had to trace back the jobs I was doing. Um, and I essentially came with a mission statement that I am here to serve. I'm here to serve. Now, I, I, the, the uh, OUSD was the longest damn job I ever worked on. Um, Roberts heard me talk about it because I, I, I watched other people um, uh, get raises, and um, I, and I quietly, um, I used to ask. Uh, uh, What's the difference between being an ass kisser and a brown nose? And, and I could never really be, a, uh, anybody know what the difference between an ass kisser and a brown nose? Uh, Ms. Timms? Uh, okay, it's depth perception. All of us, all of us have to find a way through life and especially working under some people, you, have to, you got to kiss the ass. But going back with standing in integrity, uh, you don't brown nose them. You don't get, you know, it's this, that's, that's the difference. And, and, and I stayed in trouble with two or three managers at, at OUSD um, because I, I would only, I would, I would do my job, um, but I was, I was not going to uh, do things or send people to the DA or whatever else they want me to do because they had the power to suggest it to me. And I would put it back, I can't do this. I mean, I have to sign a legal document um, uh, saying that what I'm telling you is the truth. If this is what you wanna do with this family, do it, I can't do it. Um, so it's, it's uh, uh, I mean, just pearls of wisdom there. It's, and, and, I, it is, and I've talked to Dusa quite a bit about this. I love the work that I, I did it, I mean, every day, uh, I, I'd come to work and there were, there were families that I would meet with. And, and when I inherited the job, 
I, it was disgusting. I mean, people were talking, they talk, talk down to families. Um, if, if you don't bring, get, your cat, get your kids to school, we're gonna send your ass to the DA. Ooh, Lord. I mean, and it was, I think I modeled with them and I'm proud of this, respect. Um, with each and every one of the families, with each and every one of the kids is, 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 the, is the look at them with love and look at them with high potential. Um, and knowing that they're maybe just caught in this one spot right now and seeing how I can help facilitate them out of that, that and, and the group of people, the, the panel that I worked with. And I'm very proud of over uh, 10, 12 years, I, I kept some panel members, oh, 10, 12, 13 years who came and volunteered. Other panel members made in uh, other processes, hearing processes, got $100 my panel came and did it pro bono because they enjoyed the work that we were doing. And I'm very proud of that. Um, and I'm, I'll give one, it, it goes back to, and it's, it's been, um, my, my mother, when my mother passed in 2001 and I did her, the family funeral and my mother had a whole bunch of sayings. I'll share one with you. Don't be no fool's fool. In any situation, don't be, no fool's fool. So when you get caught up in something, it's it's even, like I said, growing up, um, I'd walk away from situations that I knew that the police could come or we were doing something wrong and I was not gonna be a fool's fool or just circumstances that, you know, you could steal something, but uh, no, 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 that's not yours. So. Uh, and I and I and I am not that righteous. I'm not, and I did not grow up goody two shoes. Okay. Wow! Mm -hmm. Wow! Yeah, I, I, I was definitely a fool's fool in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had some situations, you know, in the space that I work in now, to where I, I don't have that brown nose or ass kissing mm -hmm. ability. I just wasn't raised that way. So yeah, uh, yeah I put myself in some difficult situations and. Uh, Thankful for Dwayne and uh, Brother Robert, you know, them pulling me out of them because there's just certain things that I just don't agree with and I don't feel I'm going to force myself to agree with them. So thank you for that. Uh, at this point, I'm going to let Miss Maggie B finish it off because we didn't even know this time was floating this well. So thank we're going to have her ask a couple of questions. And, uh, we'll mm -hmm. let it go. Miss Maggie B. Yeah, I just got one more question. Um, I mean, I have a ton more questions, but mm -hmm. that would take days. Um, but my last question is, what is giving you hope these days? It was interesting. I was having one of those telecommunication uh, meetings with my doctor and I was raising hell about, you know, just uh, what's your blood pressure, Kirk? I said, you tell me, you can't be the damn doctor. Well, anyway, um, and, and he says, you know, uh, and I was 20 years old and he said, you know, uh, you're an old man. Thank you. Uh, and he said, you know, what words, and, 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 and truly, I, and I pause and understand that this too shall pass. This too shall pass. In our darkest moments, there's light. Look for the light. Um, I mean, we, we you know, uh, and I I'm not, don't wanna to go too political, but ask, uh, Jackass, whatever that man's name is, is, is out of the White House in, in a few days. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, wow, I, I've never seen, you know, and, and I'm, I'm afraid that there's 72 million people that have voted for him. Um, I've got uh, some family members. It's like, what the, anyway, 
Um, but this too shall pass. Um, I mean, and and if 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 anyone, if all, if, if all of us take time during the day to be still and just take 15, 20 minutes and just come into ourselves breathing. And, and I, it's called meditation, but you know, just, just kind of blank our minds and just, just be cool and know that there's a higher power and, and, um, and go to that higher power. I, I have, uh, cause people think that, um, well, one of my, my, um, uh, emails is one quick wit because I can pop back with quick answers, and I and I've I've learned how to tone my answers down to be kind. And on my door, the Catholics there's there, there's called a um, oh Lord I can't think of the name of it oh um, but it's it's a, a, a two strings something a Jesus in front and Saint Christopher in back. And I've had it since 1958 that I got uh, from my first communion. And I touch that each day. And I, I say, God, please guide my mind, my eyes, uh, my mouth, and guide me in, into what I'm, I perceive and say in thy name. And I, and I let it go. And Robert knows me well enough that uh, I can be flippant, but, uh, uh, but I do try to be flippant with, uh, with, with, with some grace. God, thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, like Tone just said, I, I don't want this interview to end. Thank you so much for coming mm -hmm. on and talking to us today. We really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys too. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, uh, Mr. Dwayne. Thank you, everyone. This has been great. Yes. I'm well, going to give it to Tone to close it out. Yes. Once again, thank you all for joining us today. Maggie B. and I are so grateful for all the love and support you've given us since we started We Scenario. To the governor, Mr. Dwayne Akers, thank you for keeping this thing of ours going. To our very special guest, Sir Kirk Lawson, I'd like to say thank you for your journey. It is an honor and a privilege for us to have you share this space and time with us. And it's been a privilege. As always, mm -hmm. yeah, come on. No, it's, it's been a privilege for me. It's been an honor too. Uh, I, I appreciate. Yeah, I, I'm serious. We really don't want this to end. It's, very uh it, it's seldom that we get somebody with so much game and, and so much knowledge that you know we just want to soak it all in we never wanted to stop all right so, now now you yeah. tell that to every you tell that to everybody but go no 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 but yep as always you guys can catch us on spotify apple Podcasts, anchor and youtube also you can follow us on instagram at we the scenario podcast at we lead ours and at mentoring on the fly this is our last episode of 2020 can't wait to see what next year brings us. As always, I'm your host, Tony Siona, alongside the extremely talented Miss Maggie B. Wish you all happy holidays. Stay safe and live life in love. Peace, y'all. Peace. Peace out.